Hello and welcome to the Hall of Fame video game podcast starring Matt Levy and Mike Staub. We love video games and have embarked on a journey to index the greatest video games of all time into our very own Hall of Fame. Here's the show. Hey guys, this is the first episode in a series of episodes where myself and Mike are going to cover our top three games from each console and handheld system. So we're going to start this week with Mike on some of the first generation of consoles and tune in next week to hear Matt's. Mike, you are up. And thank you, Matt, and thank you to everyone out there who listens to the Hall of Fame video game podcast. This whole list thing that we've been doing on Instagram with our top threes has actually been quite a blast for me to do. It was a really fun list to send over to Matt and to see how you respond to what our picks are and and how you like and reply and hopefully share what we're having to say. And I'd love to hear more and more from you all about what games you like, what games you don't like, what choices you like, which which you don't. Now, as Matt says in every single post, this is our favorite games, not necessarily the best games, but obviously that's up for debate because I do believe that my picks are all the best games for all these consoles and uh, totally joking, full disclosure, but these are my favorite picks and I think it would really give you a good idea who I am as a gamer if you have not already been able to get that from the podcast for over the last year or so, almost two years now. Now, I just want to start with some of these really don't need an argument. I think a lot of these games are great and they don't need to have that type of things, but Matt wanted me to give my reasoning for some of these picks and I don't want to spend too much time on individual games. Some of them, are, I think, are just home run games, and I think that there's very little need for explanation. But to start, let's start with the NES, the Nintendo Entertainment System, or the Famicom, as it's known, over in Japan. So my three picks. First, we're going to go with Mega Man 2, a game that really needs no introduction. It's one of the best 2D action games of all time, arguably the best Mega Man game, and it's just a classic side-scrolling shoot-em up as you move from left to right and sometimes up and down and sometimes right to left. Mega Man has more range of motion than a lot of the other game characters of this era. I think the master robots in this game are incredibly memorable and very, very good. You should actually go back to our episode of Mega Man 2 and listen to it because you will hear us gush about Mega Man 2 for a very long time. So that's obviously one I probably don't need to give much of a reasoning for. Number two, Final Fantasy. It's a weird pick for me or for most people because a lot of people don't love the original Final Fantasy. I do. I actually love the original Final Fantasy. I've had such a good time playing it on the NES and it the game has only gotten better since then. Whether you're playing one of the new Pixel remasters or you're going and playing a game like Final Fantasy Origins or Final Fantasy Dawn of Souls in the GBA or anywhere else you can play this game. I believe there's also a remake on the PSP. Is it the best Final Fantasy game? No, but I do think it introduces us to a style and a world that is very, very, very unique, very Final Fantasy, and ultimately it sets us up for stuff that we would see later and later. I also think Final Fantasy is very unique when you compare it to the other games in its series because it is very much more tied to classic fantasy than Final Fantasy, even when it stayed medieval or 
you know, classical fantasy, it's still a little different than the original game. The original game has elves and giants and dwarves and all this stuff. So it's very much got the Tolkien vibe. It's got the Dragon Quest vibe. And I think it's a really excellent, excellent game. My third pick for NES is, I mean, this is a, a shoe-in. This is probably the best NES game and it's Super Mario Brothers 3. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to really give you any reasoning because I, I think that that would be a waste of time. I think we all know <laughs> I think we all know how good this game is, and Super Mario 3 is arguably the best Mario game, and arguably the best 2D platformer ever made. Alright, let's go to Super Nintendo, Super NES, or the Super Famicom as it's known in Japan. As you all know, my favorite game of all time is Super Mario RPG, The Legend of the Seven Stars. This game is amazing. It's the odd mix up it's like when you take two slurpees right and you're mixing the coke slurpee and the cherry slurpee and you're kind of like i don't think these these might not necessarily go together even though cherry coke is delicious you might not realize that these go together but when you throw them together it gives you something amazing and that was super mario rpg you take the platforming elements of mario you combine it with the rpg elements of final fantasy with this rhythmic battle style, this game's got bounce, it's got personality, it's got a, a Mario story, geez, right? And it's got a story in a Mario RPG that's a, a little bit more, and obviously it's not like, it's dark and gritty, it's not the dark and gritty reboot of Mario, but it is something that has a little bit more weight than, say, Paper Mario or the future games in the Paper Mario series. Mario RPG has a bit of a Final Fantasy-esque story in it, told through a lens of... The Mushroom Kingdom, which I think is genius and brilliant, and the combat system forces you to kind of stay on your toes. Great soundtracks from Yoko Shimomura, who's one of my absolute favorite video game composers, and just really great character designs. You get to play as Bowser and Peach, and there's great new characters like Gino and Mallow. This game rules. Mario World, right? If, if you don't think that Super Mario 3 is the best platforming game of all time, it's a good chance that you think that Super Mario World is the best platforming game of all time, and I'm in the Super Mario World camp. I think this is possibly the greatest game ever made. I think it's a game from the 90s that has held up incredibly well over the last 20 plus years, and I think is just a special, special showcase of everything Mario needs to be in the 2D plane. Oh, actually, wait, no, it's 30 years. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm dating myself a little bit. I, I'm actually older than I think I am. And this game is everything. Everything. It, is, it was the launch title for the Super Nintendo, and it's the best game on the console, and it's amazing. Lastly, on the Super Nintendo, we're going to go with Mega Man X. Mega Man X is an absolute favorite game of mine. It's the only game I can speedrun. I think it's the best Mega Man game. It's fast, it's frenetic, it complicates the Mega Man structure just enough to where it's still welcoming to players while not being overly repetitive and not turning people away. Mega Man X has this great combination of classic Mega Man with a more sophisticated gameplay style, a more sophisticated story, and it's got this cool futuristic kind of teenager vibe to it. It's like, it very much is the Mega Man of the 90s. And Mega Man X is amazing. It's got great, amazing villains. You get introduced to Sigma and Vile, characters that have been with the series since Mega Man X. There's great versatility in Mega Man's powers. You get the ability to charge up your special weapons. It's amazing. It's got extra armor, sub-tanks. It's got everything going for it. It's such an expansive improvement over the original Mega Man formula that... 
I got to give it credit where credit is due. Next, Game Boy. Game Boy is a console that I played a bunch of, but I was always more of a console gamer, not necessarily handheld gamer. I've become more of a handheld gamer thanks to the Nintendo Switch. So I've actually gone back and played a lot more Game Boy. I think the best game on the Game Boy, in my opinion, is Link's Awakening, especially if it's Link's Awakening DX, the director's cut version. Outside of the original Zelda and A Link to the Past, this game is like so good. It's such a classic, perfect 2D Zelda game. The remake is so good. It's hard to explain what makes this game so so much better than a lot of the other stuff on the Game Boy. And I think ultimately it's because it's a very concise Zelda world. It's a very strange Zelda world. You got that weird Conolith Island, that weird Twin Peaks kind of influence here. And it's just magical. It feels like the dream you're playing. And it's got a great twist in that. It's got great items. And ultimately, it's a Zelda game that feels like a Zelda game. But because of the way the game is designed and the world that you're in and the items that you're get, you get and the strange like Mario-influenced dungeons that you will go to, it feels so odd. But I mean odd in the best possible way. It's also a great game for summer. And we're currently getting towards the middle of the end of the summer. And I think that if you have time to play it, I would strongly suggest playing the remake. Next, Pokemon Red and Blue. This is my entry point to Pokemon. I was 12 years old and I played this game non-stop. I started this game and cleared this game before Christmas of 1998. I got this game, I believe, on Columbus Day of 1998 when I went to KB Toys with a gift card left over from my birthday. I got Pokemon Red, and I had to dig out my giant brick of a Game Boy to play this game for like two straight months on before I got a Game Boy Color for Christmas. And nothing has felt like Pokemania and Pokemon since. I don't think I've come across a video game revolution quite as massive as Pokemania was from 1998. It felt like it was inescapable. And not only is Pokemon a cultural kind of milestone, it's also an amazing entry point of art for RPGs for a bunch of young RPG players out there. And I think that it has proliferated the genre, and Pokemon has continued to be consistently great. Now, I like to be fair to Pokemon because this is a game for kids. When people my age who go out of their way to kind of pick on Pokemon for not like going leaps and bounds and jumping leaps and bounds beyond what it is, we have to remember that these are games directed at kids probably between the years of like 8 and 10, maybe 12 or 13 years old. And those of us who have been playing for forever at this point... We have to understand that, and we have to understand that Pokemon is about simplicity. But what Pokemon does better than any other game in its genre, and I don't mean RPGs, I specifically mean kind of this monster-catching mechanic, it's got memorable, memorable monsters. It's got the most memorable monsters and some of the most memorable characters ever. And I think that's what continues to sell Pokemon as we move forward into the future. It's all about the monsters, and it all started with Red and blue. Few things are quite as good as Gen 1. And then last for Game Boy, Donkey Kong 94. When we talk about 1994, people love to talk about Donkey Kong Country. Like Donkey Kong Country was some great leap forward, and graphically and visually it kind of was at the time. 
But if you go to the Game Boy and you play Donkey Kong 94, this is a much more robust and interesting video game. This takes the concept of the original Donkey Kong and just kind of turns it up to 11. It's an amazingly good and sound puzzle platformer. I It bugs me that so many people haven't played Donkey Kong on the Game Boy or Donkey Kong 94 as we know it now. It's just, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. You go through all these different worlds with all these puzzle stages and it's its legacy has been carried on in the Mario versus Donkey Kong games, but this game is just so original, it's so unique, it's classic Donkey Kong, it's classic Mario Brothers, but at the same time it's neither. And it's so much of a puzzle platformer that it's such a unique style that we really don't see that often. We don't get too many puzzle platformers from Nintendo, and I would love to see specifically this brand of Donkey Kong make a comeback at some point. I also believe this is the first game that named the character Pauline, and we've gone on to obviously see Pauline thrive in games like Super Mario Odyssey. Next, we're going to move on to the Sega Genesis. Now, this is not my favorite console. I'm not the biggest Sega Genesis fan. I do love Sega consoles, but I am much more a Saturn and a Dreamcast guy. But I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give you my top three on Sega Genesis. First and foremost, it's Sonic 3. Sonic 3, for me at the time, was the best thing that could have ever happened to Sonic. It had this cool soundtrack, which obviously some of it was written by someone who worked with Michael Jackson. It could have actually been Michael Jackson himself, but we've learned over time that these songs have kind of been pulled out of the game now in future releases because of licensing issues. But Sonic 3 was cool and introduced us to Knuckles, and it also gave us the first like video game console expansion pack I can remember, which is Sonic and Knuckles. And I do think the ultimate way to play this game is by getting Sonic and Knuckles, getting Sonic 3, and putting Sonic 3 on top of Sonic and Knuckles and playing through the entire game, all of the 15 zones that you can play through. And it is a great time. It is a great way to spend a a summer afternoon. And it is a great, great, great platforming it's Sonic really gets to move fast. His The items that he gets and the power-ups that he gets are the most robust in this game. You get some really cool abilities. You can play with two players at the same time on the screen. It's awesome. I love Sonic 3 with Sonic and Knuckles. Next is Gunstar Heroes. I mean, I'm a Mega Man guy, right? So this is like the closest thing on Genesis that you could get to Mega Man. It's 2D, side-scrolling, blast him, right? Now, obviously, we've gotten the Wily Wars over here in the United States, but back in the day, this was it. And Treasure, the company that makes Gunstar Heroes, is just so good at specifically what Gunstar Heroes is. You can pick stages. Everything's kind of varied. There's one stage that's a big, silly board game. Gunstar Heroes is two players on the same screen at the same time. It's an absolute blast of a co-op game. It's a great game to play with friends, and I love everything about Gunstar Heroes. Last but certainly not least, Castlevania Bloodlines. This was the Castlevania response for the Sega Genesis. And one of our episodes recently, I talked about how cool it was that Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo games would actually kind of have like different versions of classic series on both consoles. And Castlevania is one of them. Castlevania Bloodlines is an amazing Castlevania game. It's a very difficult Castlevania game, and it is absolutely one of my favorites to play. You can get it on the Nintendo Switch online, and it's definitely something that's worth your time to play. And next, we go to the Game Boy Advance, and I love this console. I think the Game Boy Advance is magical. I think it's one of the coolest consoles out there. 
and arguably one of the best handhelds ever made. My first pick, it's not a surprise, Mario & Luigi Superstar Saga. This game is, it's another Mario RPG game, but I think it gets the closest to Mario RPG than anything else, any other Mario RPG that's ever come out. Any of the Paper Mario games, any of the weirdo kind of non-RPG Paper Mario games that come out, I think Mario & Luigi Superstar Saga feels the most like a Mario RPG game or feels the most like The Legend of the Seven Stars. It is a bit dumbed down. It is a bit simpler. But in the end, it's a really cool RPG and it's a really cool Mario game, ultimately. So I think it's a really fun time. Second, Metroid Zero Mission. This before Dread was in the conversation with Super Metroid as being the best Metroid game ever. It gives you a much better preferred method to play the original Metroid story and I think this game is so very good and it introduces so much of what makes Super Metroid and Metroid Fusion so good to the original Metroid story. I love Zero Mission. This is probably a top GBA game. It's got to be in the top five and it is awesome. It's hard to get your hands on right now but I don't know. There's got to be some way to play it out there. I think Metroid Zero Mission is really good. And last but not least, it's kind of this is kind of a cheap a cheap pick but I'm going to I only put this on there because it's the best version of the game and that is Final Fantasy 6. Final Fantasy 6 which we knew as Final Fantasy 3 back on the Super Nintendo was unbelievably good, right? It's unbelievably good, but I didn't put it in my top 3 Super Nintendo games. I I will put it on the GBA because I played it on the GBA and I loved it on the GBA. But ultimately, this is the best version of that game. It's got everything. It's got everything you can ever imagine out of a great Final Fantasy game. And it is so incredibly good that you should try to play this game any which way you can. I strongly suggest maybe getting the Pixel Remastered version if you play on PC. But hopefully, someday, we'll have this somewhere else, like on Nintendo Switch. All right, we're going to continue with the Nintendo handhelds here. We're going to go to the DS. My first favorite one here on the DS is Final Fantasy IV. They remade Final Fantasy IV with like these cool kind of 3D, 3D in quotes, character models. And it kind of changes the game a bit with Final Fantasy IV. But Final Fantasy IV is like the first Final Fantasy game that I remember being very unique in terms of its story and driving home a an important story with great characters and i know final fantasy 2 flirted with that but that game's not good final fantasy 4 is excellent it's a shorter final fantasy it's actually a very linear final fantasy game but the final fantasy 4 on ds is a very different game than what you would expect out of the super nintendo game but it's also really cool and really different and really original so if you're a Final Fantasy IV fan and you've never played this one, I would give this one a shot because it's not the same experience. It's actually kind of more enjoyable because of that. Next, we're going to go ahead and we're going to talk about Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney. If you've heard me on this podcast, you've heard me talk about Phoenix Wright a lot. This is a series I got into much later after it came out, and I think it is awesome. It is the best visual novel I've ever played. It is the one of my favorite adventure games. Phoenix Wright is weird because it includes... It includes a bit of like Resident Evil <laughs> in the what you have to do and how you have to look at items and how you have to uncover clues based on the items that you receive. So it is 
just a magical time. It's funny. It's got great puns. It has a, an, a companion anime that goes along with it. And it's one of the few anime that I suggest you watch in English because the puns don't hit the same way when you watch it in Japanese. But I love this game. I've become a really big supporter of the DS over the last handful of years. And games like this are the reason why. And, the, and I understand now why the DS has sold as well as it did. Last but not least, Radiant Historia. Now, this is a niche RPG title. But it is almost like Chrono Trigger on the DS. And I think it is an amazing game. It's a great RPG. It's got a really funky strategic battle system. It's got amazing music. And it's really hard to get your hands on, unfortunately, unless you bought the remake on digitally on DS. But if you can get your hands on this or play this some way, shape, or form, it's definitely worth it. If you're a fan of Chrono Trigger and you've already beaten Chrono Trigger on DS because Chrono Trigger is on the DS and it's amazing on the DS, it's probably the best version of Chrono Trigger, I would highly suggest you check out Radiant Historia. And now we're going to go to the N64. N64, not my favorite console, as you guys know. I've said that quite a bit on this podcast, but I do think that there are a lot of good games on the N64. It's just, it's kind of, it doesn't add up to the sum, some of its parts. So Super Mario 64 is the best 3D platformer ever before Super Mario Odyssey, I think. I think it's one of those 3D platforming games that just totally just created the entire legacy of what a 3D platformer should and could be. And Super Mario 64, like Mario and Mario World for 2D platformers, Mario 64 just gave us something incredible. I'm still in awe remembering when I first played Super Mario 64. It completely shattered my reality and I was completely blown away by it. And I honestly don't think that I've been that shocked by a game in a very, very long time. Very few games have shocked me as much as Super Mario 64 had upon putting it in the system, and it really was a definitive statement on what the N64 wanted to do. Next, The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. You all know that I love Majora's Mask, I really do, but Ocarina of Time is the Zelda game of all Zelda games. Obviously, I'm a big fan of Link to the Past, I would argue that Link to the Past is the best of the Zelda games. But Ocarina of Time is pretty much the Zelda game that set up the future. It's the Zelda game that all current Zelda games go back to in terms of where they're drawing their influences from. And its ability to give you this wide open world to explore and its ability to mess around with time. It's just, it's just great. It's really great. Ocarina of Time is fantastic. I don't really have to defend it because it's just so good. And last on N64 Paper Mario, you know I'm an Mario RPG guy. So Paper Mario is like the best thing since sliced bread and sliced bread being Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars. I do think it's as good as Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. I think it's a fantastic game and it holds up. Paper Mario on the N64 actually still looks very good comparatively. So this is an awesome time. If you haven't played it, it is on the Nintendo Switch Online. If you have that, I would definitely suggest you giving this your time. You have great teammates that you get to team up with it's a really fun lighthearted story it's got great music it's got a great battle system it is simplified so if you're looking for more of a, a more hardcore rpg experience you will not you will not find it here but in the end eh, what can you do it's a great time and definitely worth it i would definitely suggest playing this and when you're playing rpgs from the n64 you have to understand that there were none and this was like one of two or three rpgs in the n64 all right, and last but not least on this episode of the Hall of Fame podcast featuring video games, at least my side of the top three, this is my last top three. We're going to go to the Sony PlayStation, and I'm going to give you my top three games. 
So, of course, a Final Fantasy game has to be on this top three, right? There's two on this top three. I apologize ahead of time. But number one, my favorite PlayStation 1 game, arguably the best Final Fantasy game in my opinion, Final Fantasy Tactics. It's got an amazing battle system. It's got an incredible job class system. It's got an amazing, mature, dark, Shakespearean-style story, okay? Those of you who are fans of Game of Thrones and things like that, all right, now take the Game of Thrones vibe, mix it up with some chocobos and stuff, and you got Final Fantasy Tactics. This game is, it's wordy, it's long, it's slow, but the betrayal, the backstabbing, the character creation, the personality, it's got everything. And to my, and from my opinion, no game scratches the Final Fantasy Tactics style itch like Final Fantasy Tactics. There hasn't been a game for me that has done it yet. Now, Triangle Strategy has come close. Tactics Ogre has come close. But Final Fantasy Tactics is such a unique and original and amazing experience that it's something that I feel like every RPG player should play. And if you're a strategy RPG fan or if you're someone who's new to the genre because you played Fire Emblem Three Houses, I highly suggest you go and pick up Final Fantasy Tactics. Unfortunately, the mobile version is not very good, but I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that because Tactics Ogre is getting a remaster, that at some point Final Fantasy Tactics will get a remaster due to the overwhelming popular popularity of strategy-based RPGs right now. All right, next we're going to go to Metal Gear Solid. This game is a film that you can play. I know that's kind of a joke that we say a lot about, about a lot of video games these days and how that's kind of a bad thing, but Metal Gear Solid was the first game I remember playing that felt like an actual movie and delivered this interesting, unique story with these amazing characters. It's kind of like if G.I. Joe was serious, okay? So more like the Larry Hama comics of G.I. Joe and less like the Marvel cartoon of G.I. Joe. Solid Snake is an amazing character. He's obviously one of the best video game leads of all time. It's got this weird... It uses war as a way to tell an anti-war story, similarly to like a Rambo. And... It does have some very deep themes about nuclear disarmament and about being anti-nuclear. I know that Hideo Kojima is clearly someone who often injects his his politics into his games, rightfully so. I think these games actually tackle some very, very heavy subjects. But Metal Gear Solid is unbelievably good. Unbelievably good. It is tight. It still plays really well. The Twin Snakes version probably looks a lot better than the original Metal Gear Solid does now, but it had full voice acting in the original game. It's got these amazing cinematic moments. It's got great dialogue. It is still very much like a B-movie story, but almost purposely so, so it could deliver this kind of message that is way more serious than the game kind of takes itself. It does often feel like you're playing with action figures in terms of the things that you could do in these characters with all these wacky code names and the Metal Gear unit, which is like this big mobile mech suit. And it's just magical. It's an amazing time. Metal Gear Solid is a beautiful game. It's a beautiful game and worth every penny. Last but not least, my favorite Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy IX. Now, I know folks kind of scoff at Final Fantasy IX when they hear it because they consider it like the game for babies. Final Fantasy IX is excellent. I understand on the original PlayStation, it's got slow load times, and it takes a long time to start, and it makes the game artificially longer, but it was the PlayStation 1. You can get this and kind of zip through that stuff now. Final Fantasy IX is what Sakaguchi, the man who created Final Fantasy, it's what his mindset was when he was making the original game. Final Fantasy IX was his thought process. That's what he imagined when he created Final Fantasy IX. Final Fantasy IX is very much, pretty much a retelling of Final Fantasy. And obviously earlier in this podcast, I said I'm such a big fan of Final Fantasy. So it makes perfect sense that 
I would love Final Fantasy IX. And for me, right, that's Final Fantasy VII and VIII are not what Final Fantasy was. Final Fantasy VII and VIII were the weird games. They were the games that kind of took a step off the beaten path. Now, I love Final Fantasy VII, and I respect Final Fantasy VIII. I, I don't trash on that game. It's not my favorite, but I do understand why so many people like it. Those are the, like the Nomura games, right? Those are the edgelordy Nomura 90s anime style, and Final Fantasy IX is very much a classic vibe. And Final Fantasy has a lot of cuteness to it, whether it's the Black Mages or Chocobos or Moogles. Like, that's what the series was folks so anyone out there who is saying that final fantasy 9 is is not representative of what final fantasy was then i don't think you quite understand what final fantasy was at the time now final fantasy has gone on to become more of what 7 and 8 were right especially with final fantasy 15 the final fantasy 7 remake final fantasy 10 they're much more nomura games but i think with the jump to final fantasy 16 we're finally going to see kind of a new leg of final fantasy that draws its history back to final fantasy tactics so, yeah, two Final Fantasy games on the PlayStation 1, but man, are they some of my absolute favorites. And folks, I hope you enjoyed my lists. I had a really good time giving you giving you my lists, and I, I enjoyed it. We're going to go move on further, and we're going to do more of these on Instagram, so be sure to check those out. And I know you're thinking, Mike, 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 I love your lists, and this is fun, or I don't like your lists, and I, but I still had fun listening, but what are you playing? Folks, it's a really boring answer. I've been playing Live Alive. I haven't finished the game yet. I'm getting close, but the only thing I've been playing for like the last three weeks has been Live Alive, and it is awesome. I'm loving it. I can't wait to finish it and gush more about how great this game was. All right, everyone, thanks for listening. I've been Mike Staub. You can catch me at all the normal spots and wherever you go, but be sure to come to Long Island Retro Gaming Expo this weekend. Thank you, and have an excellent day. From Mike and Matt, thank you for listening to the Hall of Fame Game Podcast. Check us out on Instagram at Hall of Fame Pod or email us at thehalloffamepod at gmail.com. Please leave us a review and be sure to tune in next time.